It's good to see all of you today. I hope the Lord has blessed you and this week. I hope the Lord blesses you today and encourages you. But the illustration on that thing keeps going through my head on that is that, that slow water motion, that if we just knew that we could take the time to be slow with God, God could show us some beautiful things if we just are willing to take the time to spend with him. And so praise God for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, I want to thank you for each one here today. I pray that each person will walk away today with something from you. Uh, your word resonates with them or, your, or you, dear Holy Spirit, uh, speaks to them some insight you want them to hear and to receive or that they just feel your warmth and blessing or all of the above. I pray for your blessing on them and your encouragement in their faith and in their relationship with you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last month, I spoke a lot about the different aspects of how to draw closer to God. Every week was the message talking about what to do to draw closer to God. We, we all could use being closer to God. We, we always have opportunity to get closer to God. Right? Amen. Oh. Amen. Amen. But we got to take the time to be close to God. And I know that when God, when we say, God, I want to draw close to you, if we genuinely mean that, then we're going to follow his leading and we're going to get closer to him. And he reveals himself to us that way. So last month, I spoke a lot about the different aspects of drawing closer to God. But there's one that I didn't really mention that's an important one that has to happen to really draw close to God. And that the unity with him, that bond with him, that life realization with him, it's imperative that we do this one thing. With it being Labor Day this weekend, okay, we focus on taking a break from all the work. That's Labor It's kind of an oxymoron title for a holiday. Labor Day is a day to stop working, but it's called Labor Day. That's kind of weird. It's like almost if off the top you'd think it would be saying, time to work harder today. No, we take off from labor, and that's what we're supposed to do. If you want to go closer to God, we've got to disconnect from all the things that keep us busy. Whether it be our jobs or whatever, you fill in the blank. We've got to be willing to just disconnect from everything else and be alone with God, spend time with God. Do we value or cherish the times that we could have? Or do we have just relaxing with or resting in God? What am I talking about? Are we too busy all the time? Do we value our time alone with God? Do we value the time just relaxing with God? If I was to ask you, do you relax with God and enjoy God? What would you say? You don't have to answer me. It's rhetorical. But how, what does that look like to you? How do, how do you relate to that? I'm spending time with God. And this is why this is important to me, because I experienced this with God. I experienced that, that interaction of God with me and the ways that, that he talks to me. So the point is, is that do we cherish work and things that we're doing more than cherishing God and our time with him? And I said, well, that's kind of an unfair statement. Well, not really, because our work and the things we do, sure, that's life, and we got to do what we got to do. But our life with God is top priority. It should be, right? It should be. Our relationship with Jesus should be the most cherished thing that we have and that we want to develop that relationship with him. For many people, going to church on Sundays is a challenge. I'll be honest with you, getting up sometimes, going to church is a challenge. It doesn't happen to me often. 
There are some times where I'm like, I'm flat out. I'm, you know, Lord carry me, pick me up like a wet noodle and bring me to church. I'm always blessed when I, when I do, but I love coming to church. But some people look at going to church and that's the challenge. And the challenge is that, and that's a great first step to getting closer to God. Obviously, we talked about before in the messages, before receiving Christ as our Savior is an absolute, or else we can't have a relationship with Jesus. But developing that relationship with him is key that we spend time with him. We have to desire making time with God. But is desiring making time with God a challenge like going to church can be a challenge? And we understand there's a spiritual warfare too, don't we? We understand that the enemy does not want us to know God, number one, or grow close to God, number two, or have a desire to be closer and closer and closer with him or to love him more deeply. The enemy doesn't want that. So he's going to throw everything in the way that he can to interfere with our time with God. And if we can just remember, okay, I know what's going on. All this stuff is coming my way. It's interrupting my plans. But if we just, just go to God and say, God, I'm asking you to schedule me a time and place that I can spend with you. It might be different each day, or it might be that God gives you a specific time each day that works for you. But ask God, God, I want to grow closer to you. I want to have that time with you. I don't want it. I'm lazy, Lord. I don't want it to be a challenge. It's, beyond, I like them. it's true. I don't want the challenge. I just want God to wait, make it work for me. So God, just give me the time. Point to me. Show me the time, the place, the when, the where, the how that you want me to spend time with you today. If we do that, I guarantee you God will show you. Because if you genuinely want that time with God, and you genuinely have asked God for that, then you're genuinely going to look for God answering that and showing you that space and time that he's giving to you in your busy schedule to have with him. Dr. Charles Stanley, years ago, when he was first starting out his ministry, he and his wife had a little flat or a a little studio apartment. I don't think it had a bedroom. I think it was just a big studio, small studio apartment. And so he took a sheet and he uh, took one corner of the room and he draped a sheet across the corner to make a little triangle area in the, in the apartment. He said, that's my space with God. And so he would go there all the time and spend time with God in prayer. That's what worked for him. Now, I'm not saying you go home and hang a sheet up in your living room, Don, and say, that's my space. You know, God, you, you pay me say, well, I have another space for you. I don't know. But, but we need to understand that if we're genuinely seeking God for the time to spend with him, for the, for the reason that we want to grow closer to God, we want to know him better, love him more, uh, become more integral in, in our relationship with him, then we will look for that opportunity. And so we need to accept that challenge. Not just the challenge of coming to church, because we know Satan will throw whatever he can to get in our way from getting to church, but, but the time for us to spend with him as individuals. And if we love God, as we love anyone, those that we love, we want to spend time with. You know? I see the kids here, my family, on Sunday, but it's because I'm in pastor mode and everybody's flying by and everything else like this, not really spending my time with them, especially if they don't come over after for lunch. 
uh, then I don't see them. And then by Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm, I'm literally aching in my heart to see them. And I've mentioned to my daughter, I, I sure miss you guys. Well, Dad, it's only been two days. You know, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, when we love people, we want to be with them. Amen? And so when we love Jesus, it should be a natural thing to want to be with him. Because when we're with him, it's a rich time when it's just you and the Lord alone. And you're, and you're focused on him. So that's what we want to look at. We never draw closer to God unless we make time for him and rest in him and with him. Okay? Time for God, rest in him and with him. Okay? We need to learn what it means to rest in God. Learn what it means to just lean back and repose ourselves in the presence of the Lord. So that's why God set up the Shabbat or the Sabbat, okay? For his people, he wants his people to make time for him. Is that the way of the world? No way, just like the Israelites. It wasn't the way of the world for different nations to say this one day we're setting aside to honor and worship our God because it was contrary to the way of the world. And God wants us to be a contrary um, element in the world. He wants us to be that light in contrast to darkness. He wants that distinction of our relationship with God in our life to be evident in, uh, in the eyes of those around us in the world that we live in, right? So there should be a mark of distinction on our lives, on our character, on our habits that reflect that we are distinctly and uniquely belonging to God. And so the Jews, because God told them, this, this is the day that I've set aside for you to worship, have been criticized for, for centuries. They've been criticized as being lazy because they take that day off to do, and what the world's eyes would say would be nothing but it's far from nothing. It's, it's almost everything to spend time with God. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, the reason why I say everything, it's, it's where we are connecting intimately with our Lord and Savior and how that bolsters our faith and our relationship and our walk and our purpose in Christ. And that is so, so very essential. Shabbat provides the sacred time to feel one with our creator and friend. And that's what we've been talking about. To be one with God. Isn't that a, a unique yet uh, mind-blowing thought that we can have time alone with God and be one with God? doesn't mean being parallel to God in the sense that we become God like God. It doesn't mean that. It means united with God, unique in God specifically united and connected to God, being close to God. Those are special moments in our relationship with God. And it has a great effect on how we live for Jesus in the world. When we know that we're spending time with him and we are actually relating with him and, and we feel the presence of the Lord and we, we know the Lord is speaking to us and we know the Lord is hearing us and, and we have that interaction and that time, even that time of repose or maybe even just a sense in your spirit where your heart just wants to lift up praise to him for any reason, no particular reason except the spirit of God is moving your heart to lift praise to him. 
I mean, I love that. Out of the blues, just start singing a hymn or singing a song or, and praising God and thanking God. And you say, where'd that come from? Well, that came from the Holy Spirit stirring our heart to praise him. And all these things affect the intimacy of the closeness of our relationship with Jesus that affects our walk in the world that we live in. Shabbat provides the sacred time to feel one with our creator and friend. Drawing close to God and being one with him, how do we do it unless we make time for him? Right? Dropping that coin in that water went like that. Our days go like that. And if we're not careful, our time to spend with God will go like that. But God says, pull back in that little bit of time and experience me. God wants us to experience him. And when we are yielded to him in our heart, one-on-one -on -one with him, focused on him, we can experience in that arena of time some great moments with God, our Savior. Letty Cowman, I didn't know who she was, but Letty Cowman was a missionary. And she told a story about a traveler who was making a trek through deep jungles with some tribesmen who carried their load. So I think of Tarzan. I think about the jungle. I think about the, the team carrying all the stuff through the jungle and all that stuff. And on the second day, they just stop. That's what happened. The second morning, the tribesmen refused to move. They just sat and rested. When asked why, the tribesmen said they had gone too fast the day before and they were now waiting for, get this, their souls to catch up with their bodies. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Their souls, they can, now don't get your head all, all mixed up in, the, in the, the way they stated that. Think about it this way. Do we need time to refresh our souls with the Lord? There you go. Sometimes we're going so fast and so busy that we, we don't take the time to get caught up in the refreshment of the Lord. And that's what I take from that testament of that uh, missionary and, and that journey. So we need to do that in our own lives. We're so busy, we need to make time to refresh ourselves, restore balance, and rest in God. You get that? We know we're busy. We know we need to take time to refresh ourselves spiritually, but to restore balance and rest. Have you ever sensed an imbalance in our walk with God when we're busy and we're flying by and you know God is there and you're, you're a Christian and all, but there's something that seems to be uneasy, not balanced in your relationship with God? Not that necessarily that you sin, but just something's missing. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, I want time with you. <laughs> and I'm not just plugging that in because of the content of the message. That's the reality. God loves us and desires time with us. God wants time with us. And he'll put it on our heart. Hey, stop a moment. I want to spend some time with you. Now let's step back just a minute. This is God, our creator, saying, I want to spend time with you. Pulling our heart toward him. We need to do that in order to get balance, spiritual balance 
and rest in our life. Instead of being spiritually stressed, if you will, we might feel that way because all the load and all the cares and all the burdens and all the frustrations and all the anxieties are building up and it's affecting our spiritual tension in our life when really we should be at peace and, and, and with confidence and with joy in the Lord and that closeness with God. And that's where the balance comes in. God's saying, spend time with me. Be with me. Restore that balance with me. So you're not carrying that load. So you're not um, spiritually stressed out in a sense. But that you're just close to God and you know that God is carrying you through. So I want to look at God, what God wanted for his people to do in Exodus 31. Um, 15 through 17. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the, and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. I think verse 17 is interesting that God rested and was refreshed. This is God all-powerful, and we're thinking God needs to rest or be refreshed? What, what does that mean? We're going to look at that in a moment. The keeping of the Sabbath was a sign of Israel's covenant with God. We talked about that. It was the distinction amongst all the pagan nations that this was a peculiar nation set forth to honor the Creator God Almighty and having that one day set aside. Taking a whole day to rest and worship God is a testimony to others about our relationship with God. Do you think that those that know you and know that you're here today or that you come here as a place of worship recognize that and see that as a statement of your faith in God? Yeah, it's a testament. And God will bless you for that. You've taken the time out of your busy schedule to honor him, to worship him, because he's important to you, and you love him, and he loves you. And people around you that aren't believers will know that and see that, and God will use that to impact them. Did you catch that the Jewish people were commanded to do this and to do this forever? It was an ongoing necessity, requirement, testimony. The Jewish people were given a job of witnessing to the nations around them and their lifestyle and their covenants with God were some of their methods of witnessing. Our lifestyle, our, our agreement with God, our, our commitment to stand for God and to live for God and surrender to God and, and make those distinctions in our life are a great witness to those that are around us. Just look at this. The Mosaic Covenant meant they were to live by God's laws and be different than the other nations. We're to be different than the world. Amen? The Abrahamic Covenant meant they were to be circumcised and therefore look different than the other nations. Remember I talked about being circumcised in the heart? Cutting away all the things that we know that are barriers or sin or barriers that, that hinder our relationship with God. When we cut those things away, then we become more, it becomes more evident that we are marked for God. We're God's people. That's what God wants. So keeping the Sabbath is another part of the covenant. 
It was a witness. It was a way the Jewish people rested from work and devoted themselves to worship as a witness to other nations in multiple ways. When we, put, look, when we push for work, when we, when we push ourselves to work for a living, does anybody push yourself for working for a living? You feel like it, right? Right? When we, when we do that, or when we just keep up on the chores of life, which are never ending, stop looking too closely, there's always a chore to do, right? Seven days a week. We're saying we don't trust God with our time to get things done, and therefore we don't give adequate time to God. You catch what I'm saying there? We can say, I've got too many things to do. Between work and chores, chores and everything else, I don't have time for God. What we're saying is, I don't trust God with the things I need to do to organize my time to get them done. If we were to take our time and give our time to God and the things that we need to do and say, God, I need to get these done. Will you help me get these done? God will help you get them done as we honor him first. We won't be robbed of time. It'll just make, God will make it that time seems to be working out for us. It's like money, right? You might uh, be called of God to give, and as you give and you sacrifice, and you know it's going to hurt your budget because that's what the sacrifice is, but then God works it out. God always blesses a sacrificial heart that gives, monetarily or otherwise. So if we give monetarily or if we give of our time to God, God's going to bless that in the sense that we're going to see God provide more than what we thought we had. And God will honor that. I hope that you have experienced that and will experience that if you haven't. So our God has said he'll take care of us and he'll provide for us. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can trust God with the need of my time. Okay? Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Lord, here's my day. Here's my challenge. Take my challenge. Make it work. Help me to be in line with your will today. Schedule my time today. Help me to put you first today. Let me see you take care of these things. God will do it. What does that do to your relationship with God? It shows that you can trust God. <laughs> it shows that you have that inner, inner relationship with him where you can go to God and say, God, I need your help with this to get this done. And he'll organize that and he'll structure that for you. Do not be like the world. Put God first. Make time for God. Seek him and let him provide. Show the world that you trust God. These are all steps of faith. And a, and a desire to draw closer to God. When we make time for God, we are also telling those in the world and around us that God is so important and so special to us that we want to spend time with him. And that means, do you think that your kids and grandkids seeing you reading your Bible or praying or going to church will have an effect on your kids and your grandkids or even your spouses or families or extended friends? 
They're going to see that mark of your love for God. When we are stress-free, rested, and at peace, we are a better testimony for others. I'm talking about anxiety. If we don't give our anxiety and our concerns and our challenges and our burdens and our cares and all those things to God, where do we give them to them? Do we just do a quick checklist and throw it at them at, at, at the end of the day prayer or morning prayer time, if that? Or do we go to God and spend time with God alone and say, God, here's the things I'm burdened about and why I need you to take care of these for me. Our Heavenly Father who loves his children says, I hear you, child. I'll take care of those. And you can trust me. What would that, what would that do with your anxiety? If you really believe it, if you really receive it, really understand that that's what God is telling you by his spirit, you're going to say, thank you, Lord. I can rejoice in that, and I know you're going to take care of it. Thank you. And then you just go on, and then you walk, and you trust God with what he wants to do. If people see that you're in love and excited about God, they'll be more interested in your faith in God, right? If they don't see it, they're not going to have any reason to think about it, right? For, as far as, as a witness from us. When we don't really care about spending time with God and others see that they won't want to bother getting to know God either. And have you noticed how people, including some Christians, seem so stressed out these days? Everyone seems worn out, tired, not sleeping well. As Christians especially, we should not be that way in general, right? We shouldn't be that way in general. It's a poor testimony. Going to God and trusting him with everything. What's it? With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding shall be yours. Right? And so when we go to God, we have to talk to him and listen to him and, and know that we've, with a thankful heart, not with a grumbling heart, but a thankful heart, going to the Lord and saying, thank you, Father, I can talk to you about this. These are my issues here, and I'm laying them down before you. And when we have that assurance that God will take care of them, it can take care of a lot of our anxiety. We've seen Christians on TV selling relaxium, right? Haven't you seen that? Relaxium on TV, Christians selling that. I like Huckabee, don't get me wrong, I'm not putting him down. I'm just saying that as a Christian, you're seeing this is a promo for take this stuff to relax your anxiety so you can sleep. And not trying to be judged, but I'm thinking, well, I think the first thing we need to do is make sure that we're funneling all of our concerns to God first. <laughs> and trusting God and really having that assurance from him that he's going to take care of it. He'll take care of those anxieties. Unless you have a physical, uh, medical issue that keeps you from sleeping... That's one thing. But if you're not sleeping because you're worrying so much that you can't sleep, you're missing the process of funneling it through God and the faith it requires to help let that anxiety be lifted from our lives. So why are so many people not sleeping right? And again, they're not spending time with God and resting in them. The more we spend time with God, hey, we just spend time with God on holy ground. I just, you know what I'm saying? You spend time, you step back, and you, you love the Lord, you're alone with him, and that aloneness with God is like Moses on holy ground. You're on holy ground with God, you're communing with God, you're enjoying your relationship, it's incredibly personal and relational, and your heart is warmed over by the Spirit of God. 
that does a lot for our daily walk in life as we follow Jesus. That's part of the relationship that we have in him. Psalm 4.8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. King David was upset about the wicked men that were trying to ruin his reputation, and he prayed and trusted God to take care of it. And I told you before, uh, and I still have it on my nightstand. You might even quote it for me, since I've said it so many times. It's a little post-it that's... Uh, uh, what's that uh, packaging taped over, clear tape over on my, on my end table next to my recliner and it says relax, quote unquote, or take care of it. Because walking in my prayer times I did years past, there were times where I was so heavy as a pastor walking and praying about situations or people or whatever, or frustrations or what have you, and, and I would just be spilling it all out in prayer before, that's another place that was quiet time with God, the spilling it all out and all of a sudden, cut right down to the quick. You know what I mean by that? Just cut right through all of the stuff overflowing. Relax or take care of it. And I knew my Lord told me that. And the Lord did it. And I praise God for that. So we can learn how to trust God. David did. David, even though he was, was, um, was attacked by so many people and so many enemies around him, he learned how to rest in God. What did Jesus tell us? We're almost done here. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What do we have to do? Come to me. Take the time to be near to God because you want to be close to him. Come to me, all you who labor, everybody works, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to take our burdens and give us rest. No, how, no matter how big the burden is or overwhelming it is, Jesus wants you just to throw it on his back or strap it on his back and to carry it for you. And when we experience, what, what that means is this. Even though the burden doesn't get resolved instantly, in our spirit and our heart, we have the peace of knowing that God is carrying it. The weight's not crushing us like it used to. It's still an issue, still a problem, still needs to be worked out, but I'm walking with God in a way that he's just carrying it and he's going to take care of it. Isn't that a great way to live? I'd much rather live that way than trying to manage it for myself. Psalm 23, 1 through 3, our good shepherd tells us, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I could venture to say most of us don't find ourselves laying out in the fields, right? At green pastures. Not in Klinga, at least. <laughs> right? But, but spiritually, when we're with God, that's what it feels like. A repose, a place where we can rest back in those green pastures, in those calm waters, those calm areas, and where we meet with him and he restores our soul. And then he leads us in the path that he wants us to go. What a great way to live. The Sabbath was the day God created for his people to cease from their worries, their burdens, and work. Yes, we can, if we choose to, unlock ourselves from those burdens by spending time with God. Do you understand? It's a choice to step back 
to let go. doesn't mean that they're not still there. And say, God, I'm here with you now. And I'm looking to you to take care of this. And he will, as we trust him. Too many of us are missing this in our lives. We're carrying our burdens. We're worrying. We're overworking. We're stressing out. Right? We're not rested. We're not at peace. We're not stress-free. And we're not drawing close to God and letting him give us these things. Unless it's a medical issue, there's a spiritual way to process these things. You know what I'm saying? If we have a medical issue that interrupts our sleep, that's one thing. But if, we, but if we're just stressed out and having anxiety, we need to be humble before the Lord and just take it to him and rely on him. It's a better witness to others when they see us trusting God and well-rested, stress-free, right? If people in our lives, our family and friends, know our life circumstances, but they know our faith in Jesus, and they see us rested and stress-free through the circumstance, wow, what a testimony. Now, going back to Exodus 31, 17, says, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Remember I said I'd get to this? How can the Lord be rested and refreshed, right? It says, the one who gives this command says to himself, he rested and was refreshed. The word rested there in the Greek is ceased from his work. Created everything, stepped back and ceased from his work. We're kind of thinking rested like, oh, I need to rejuvenate. That God, needs to, God doesn't need to rejuvenate. But we do. And God's saying, I want you to rest from your work. Step back and take that rest away from it right and was refreshed that word refreshed is to be breathed upon it's kind of like i look at god this way and then we look at it how it applies to us god did all the creation and when he was done he said and it was good right and then he went ah. now that could be a exasperation ah i don't think so it could be an appreciation ah. man it was good and he rested for us to step back from our work and to rest in God refreshes our soul. And that's what we need to be involved with. God wants us to do this. The word refreshed in the original Hebrew means to be breathed upon, to be refreshed, or to take a breath. When we take time to draw close to God, we let him breathe upon us and refresh us. We've met with God. We've had that, that personal connection with Jesus uh, where we the spirit to spirit heart to heart we're just being um, we're together and we're being refreshed by God that's what God wants us to experience in him he breathes that that sense of boost into our spirit into our heart into our thinking he refreshes us if we don't take the time to do that and we keep plugging hard we will burn out first spiritually and then who knows physically as well so god's breath gives life it's god's breath that gave adam life we are not robots or machines that can work non-stop sometimes we have to get that in our head we cannot work non-stop don't tell don't call your stop time sleep time take time to stop and be with god it's so important. You hear me over and over. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Broken record. Read your Bible. Pray, pray, pray. These aren't 
non-essentials. These are absolute essentials to our walk with God. And we need to have that time to sit and to be alone with God. So hurry up and slow down. <laughs> like the coin. Hurry up and then slow down. And see what God wants to show you. Trust God to take care of things while you take time to draw close to him and rest. You won't be, you won't be disappointed in your time with God. You'll be blessed. Okay? Let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. And I thank you, Father, for your desire, your desire to spend time with us, your desire for us to spend time with you, your desire that you are creator of heaven and earth and all that there is. You sit on your throne in heaven and, 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 and all your greatness and all your might seemingly unapproachable because of how great you are. And yet in your love and in your true humility of heart, but your genuine love for each one of us, you say, I want to spend time with you. And you tug our hearts and you're desiring for us to break away from everything and just be alone with you. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing and invitation from you. Help us not to squander that opportunity, but help us to step into it and to experience in greater ways our time with you, that our life will be that much more joyful, that our life might be that much more fulfilling and clear, and that our life might be that much more a light and witness for you um, to those around us in the world we live in. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.